accountants. It's time to make it count. My name is Freddie Bennett, former accounting industry executive turned entrepreneur, business owner, change maker, and Guinness world record holder. In each episode, we bring you the powerhouses from across the accounting world to help you discover how to unlock endless possibilities, turbocharge your accounting practice, and make it count in business and in life. Thank you for showing up for yourself today. Now, let's dive into another unmissable episode of Make It Count. Welcome to another episode of Make It Count. And today, folks, I've got a real treat for you. I am delighted to welcome Mr. Mark Jenkins, co-founder of The Gap. Mark, welcome to Make It Count. Oh, thanks for having me, Freddie. It's great to be here. It's a pleasure. And uh, you know when you get a feeling just before these episodes sometimes, I've got a feeling this is going to be uh, a great one in the uh, in the growing history of Make It Count. Um, but but Mark, to, to get us started off, for anyone that, that hasn't heard about The Gap, tell us a bit about the platform and, and what it does. Yeah, great. So The Gap was formed in 2014 in New Zealand out of a I guess a bit of a frustration from me at the lack of progress in the advisory space and lack of systemized content uh, to help accountants market, sell and deliver advisory. So so that's essentially what the gap is. It's a, a process engine to help you with best practice business advisory services, so how to market them, how to sell those services and how to deliver them with full templates and how-tos and resources and online learning and marketing material, webinars, uh, and all sorts of content that you can use on your website and your client educational events uh, to teach your team and to deliver that seamless advisory service to your clients to help them and you to get the, what we refer to as the three freedoms, the, the time, financial and mind freedom. I think that's it's such a powerful story, Mark, and, and I'm always very vocal about my my support and, and admiration for the gap because I think it solves a key problem for so many accountants and accounting firms out there that firms recognize the the need to 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 move to advisory to be selling more advisory services but they they feel they're they're missing the the, the structures the content the approach and all the all the tools that they need but um but but correct me if I'm wrong but but it sounds like the gap really helps solve that problem yeah, and I guess the history of the gap where it all started was, and we might get into this a little bit more into the into the episode, but it started out of that frustration that there was really there was a lot of content out there that helped market and sell advisory, and there's a lot of rhetoric and a lot of talk, and there's there's been talk for years since the 1980s around advisory and how important it is, but the actual how-to piece has been missing for so long, and and so it becomes aspirational for people. I mean, accountants are super busy. They've got plenty of other things going on and lots of things competing for their time. So how are they going to find the time to do this and to, more importantly, empower their team to do this work if they don't have a system to follow? Mm, definitely. I think, as you say, it's that we we hear a lot of of, of talk out there and everyone knows that the phrases to say and the, the, the comments to make, but actually giving people a system and a system that works and a system that isn't just another drag on, on a busy person's time. That's, that's what I think makes a difference. And uh, to, 
to use the, the the pun that I'm sure I use more than once to to really fill that that gap that that accountants are feeling at the moment. Mm, absolutely, and 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 right now, arguably, that it's the time of greatest need for many small, medium sized business owners who are. Yeah, struggling with difficult economic times and and really need more help right now. And, and the challenge for the accountants is that they are so busy that to be able to do this, they need a system to, that's going to help them to be more efficient to be able to, to do this. And otherwise, there's a risk that two things will happen. Either the accountant will be too busy and won't deliver the service, or they will deliver the service, but because they don't have a system, they won't deliver it efficiently so they won't make good money out of it. So they won't want to do any more of this. And so who misses out in the end is that small and medium-sized business owner, the one that really needs the help right now. Mm, I totally agree. And and tell me, Mark, was it was it always your goal to to create a platform like uh, like the Gap? Was it something you've been been trying to do for the last few decades, or or how how did your experience in the accounting industry start? Yeah, it's a really uh, good question and interesting and interesting for me anyway. But um, certainly I had no vision to create a technology platform to own a software company that has firms subscribing from the UK and the U- and New Zealand and Australia and, and other countries around the world as well. I had no, that was not a vision at all. What I did have, I guess, always was this vision that the accountant should be working in a certain way. And that way of working was goes right back to when I was 14 when I decided to be an accountant and I, I thought this is what accountants did. And then you know, throughout my career, always having this inherent sort of desire to do more, to, to, to be more for small and medium-sized business owners. So ultimately that led to needing to have a system in my own accounting firm to be able to do that. And it just so happened that when I sold my accounting firm, my now business partner, the Brownrig, uh, saw the opportunity and said, hey, look, I don't think many accountants have something like this. So how about we join forces and form the gap? So I was actually quite sceptical. Um, I didn't believe that it was possible. Um, I had these red folders with about 25 different systemized services in them. Um, and I trundled off to Viv's office uh, with two shopping bags full of these folders slightly embarrassed and thinking, you know, real imposter syndrome moment. She's going to look at these red folders and go, oh, oh, that's what they are. Oh, oh right. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's not, um, no thanks. But um, she said, no, no, I've never seen anything like this. So it was really her belief in the system I was already using in my own firm uh, that that was the birth of the gap. So not, not my vision at all. I think it, it's such a powerful story. And I love the the image of uh, of the infamous red folders. I think it highlights the the need. I think where where a lot of the the, the best advisory tools and, and products come from. Because I I certainly see a lot of businesses out there who who almost create something for the sake of creating something, and they say we we need a formula, we need a system, we need an approach, and they they then waste a lot of time, money, resources trying to create something for the sake of it. But they they ignore the fact of actually just creating something that works first and foremost. And, and that's what the the red folders speak to to me in terms of thinking our, our clients have these problems. Could we create an approach and a system that would help them solve those problems? And and that then becoming the the, the folders and, and the gap and so on. Yeah, I, I mean I think for me it was it was slightly different to that. It was and I do see many accountants who are solving 
client problems, offering advisory services. So there are thousands of accountants who are very good at advisory work. Uh, but the, the challenge that they have, and this was the challenge that I had, was that I had a team of people that, you know, for my compliance work, I could hand over the compliance work and I could leverage my, my revenue through that team. And that's that's the true leverage model. And that's the power of the accounting firm business model is that leverage, that ability to, to achieve leverage. So, you know, one hour of my time was matched by sort of 10 hours of team time doing compliance work. So that that leverage model gave me a better return, a better average hourly rate, a margin on everybody's time, and so therefore more profit for me. But I didn't feel comfortable with that because I was feeling and I've said this a few times to people over the years, I felt like a leech. In fact, I even told my clients that I was feeling like a leech. So when I was in an annual accounts review meeting and I'd be going through the, the financial statements, I'd be looking at the profit and loss and go down the, the expenses in alphabetical order. Alphabetical order, And at the top of the list was, um, fortunately, in New Zealand, ACC levies comes up before accounting fees. So you can talk about how you've created some savings for the client or whether some saving opportunities with ACC levies. But then you get to the dreaded accounting fees and I'd I'd feel like a leech. I honestly felt like I was taking money from people who were contributing to the economy. They were working really hard and I was just doing something that they didn't even really want, but they had to have it. It was a grudge purchase. And so my desire was to help them to do so much more, to, to help them to make more money, pay less tax and have a great lifestyle. That was on the back of my business card. That was the brand promise of my accounting firm. Help, helping you make more money, pay less tax, and have a great lifestyle. So that was born out of my desire not to feel like a leech. But then I realized, well, hold on, I'm running a leverage model for compliance. Why don't I run a leverage model for advisory? And then I thought, well, how do I do that? And I had some of my team members sitting in on my meetings uh, and learning, and they would go, look, it's all in your head, you know, how are we going to learn how to do this? And I said to I said to one of them, look, could you please come into this business planning session and with a laptop and just make notes as, as we're going? And so she came in and she made notes. And, it, you know, for all intents and purposes, the client thought perhaps she was taking minutes of the meeting and, and that sort of thing. But actually, she was furiously typing down what I was saying and what I was doing. And then we did a debrief afterwards and that became the first set of delivery notes for a business planning session and over a few more times and a few more iterations we we got to a point where that person her name was Kath was able to run a business planning session herself and then we I had a marketing person and we built the proposal out and we created a templated proposal and we created a outline and benefits of the service and then we had the the template for the business plan itself and the template for the minutes. So then we had the beginnings of this red folder system kit for for what was then a scalable leverage model for advisory. So that desire was born out of me wanting to help more small business clients make more money, pay less tax, and have a great lifestyle. So as an accounting firm, we weren't perceived as that leech on the on the profitability and the hard work of our clients. So I guess that was that was why this happened, and and I see many accountants who have the skills, but they don't have the time to be able to create the resource that I did. It took a long time to do that. 
That's a great point, Mark. And especially what you're saying around uh, feeling like a leech and also when you mentioned imposter syndrome earlier on. And that's something that I'm, I'm so passionate about as well. You see accountants that are so insightful and intelligent and qualified and experienced, but it's almost like they're, they're held back by, as you say, a, a lack of time, a lack of structures and, and a lack of, of resources as well. And I think it's so powerful to be able to help them that way. And I have to ask, in those early days when you were going from from the client meetings to, to, to the minute taking those 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 red folders as well, were there ever any doubts in your mind? Were you thinking, is is this advisory leverage model going to work? Or, or were you quite confident from, from the start? It works for compliance. It can work for advisory. Yeah, that's a really good question. I hadn't really thought about it too much. One of my personal uh, core values is empowerment. And, and my definition of empowerment is I believe in you. And so I, I took that to my accounting firm and I had team members who came in. I remember my practice manager came in. She'd been a credit controller for a retail outlet before, and all she was doing was chasing up slow payers uh, and was inherently frustrated by that. And and using my empowerment core value, I trained her and taught her, and as did many others in the firm as well, to the point where she then became the business manager. She was doing the practice accounts. She was doing the forecasting. She was... She, she learned so much. And now I understand she's a director of an accounting firm of her own, which mm. is phenomenal. And she's got an accounting qualification now. So, so I always believe that people want to do better. They want to further their own career. They want to do more interesting work. And so my, my role, I have always seen my role as just to empower others to be the best version of themselves that they can be. So so that was the driver here. It was it was to help help my team members to and and maybe selfishly from my perspective, so they didn't want to go and work for the competition that we didn't I didn't train them up and then they left or they didn't get disheartened that I wasn't giving them the opportunity or that they were being held back in some way. So that I was always saying, how can we? How what is it that you really want? Where do you want to go? What are, what is it that you're wanting to do? Now some of the team said. Please do not put me in front of a client. I don't don't want to run an annual accounts review meeting. That's you know I'd rather inject kerosene into my eyeballs than than do that. So, and that was fine. It was good to have in a leverage model some people that really wanted to you know do the financial statements and do a really good job. And they were the people that ended up doing quality control and re- review work, um, internal focus roles. But there were quite a few who wanted to do. When I asked them the question, what if, what are you wanting to achieve? They wanted to do similar work to what I was doing. So I said, great, let's make that happen. And then have creating the folders was just the byproduct of, well, that was just the way, it was the only way they were going to learn how to do things and to have the confidence to do it. So no, I didn't, I didn't, while I didn't have the vision for creating the, the company, which is now the GAP, I always had the vision that people will want to do better themselves both clients and my team. And my job was to create that opportunity for them to do that as quickly and as, as much of a structured way as possible. That's brilliant. I think, as you say, that that creation of, of opportunities is, is a powerful thing. And so many people, they they have the drive, they have the determination. Sometimes it's just about 
either showing them the path or opening the door or or giving them that that space to to do what they know they can be great at and i think that's that's a, such a powerful message as well not just for the gap but also across the the whole accounting industry where we want more more people to to come up with with fresh ideas fresh approaches and and so on and Mark, I have to ask when, as we carry on this this journey of uh, of the gap. So you've you've met Viv, who uh, who we're definitely going to be getting onto uh, onto a future episode of of Make It Count for for her perspective as well. But you've you have the red folders. You meet Viv. You have the you think okay, let's let's do this. How how do you go from red folders and an idea to to an online portal, as you say, to to start owning this 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 software company? You fail fast. You make lots of mistakes. <laughs> you um, really, if I think back on it now, haven't a clue what you're doing to start with. Um, you 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 go at it with as much enthusiasm and and drive as you possibly can. And and you, yeah, we made huge mistakes. I mean. <sighs> We're on to platform number three at the moment and building build, yeah, building platform number three at the moment. Platform number one was a basic franchise system where it was designed for franchisees to just put up a whole lot of uh, information. So we started off just with Word and Excel documents that were just stored in a portal, which you could click and download and use. So that was fine, but it was a very easy way for people to just take the IP if they wanted to and then switch off the subscription. So that was a, that was a good learning for us that that wasn't a particularly smart business model. Then we then we got the you know the, the next version of the platform built and we we used software developers um, offshore, outsourced that 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 approach um, and we made some big mistakes there as well. Um, I think there's that analogy of what you, you have three things you can have cheap fast or good quality so i think we've got cheap and fast um certainly didn't get the best quality um outcome and and in fairness to the people that developed it we didn't give a good brief we didn't know what we didn't know what we didn't know uh and we wanted it fast um uh, because the previous version was not very good um so actually then we the, we changed that again we've um, done done massive development to that platform so i guess that is effectively the third attempt uh, and and released that that third attempt, which was a complete rework of the of the second model. So yeah, failure after failure after failure. Uh, I guess the key thing was just surrounding ourselves with with great people. Uh, and we we're really really proud of the fact that we've got some of our OGs, our original gangsters, are still mm -hmm. part of our our team. Uh, and we had our reunion conference in Queenstown. Uh, last year and, and th those original people are still here and we're really pleased to have had them on the journey for the whole time that that's you know, obviously Viv and myself and Nat and, and Jade and then Jen um, very early on as well and so we've got we're surrounded ourselves with people that are smarter than me and and can do better things than I can do and it just just again that's just that empowerment piece so just believing that people will do a better job if you create the environment for them to grow. Um, I couldn't have done this without the team, and that sounds a bit cliche, but it's absolutely true. I equally couldn't have done this if I felt that I needed to control what was happening the whole time because, for example, right now we've got a whole product development team. They're speaking a complete foreign language. I mean, I understand Cantonese. I'm pretty fluent <laughs> in that. 
I can speak Japanese as well. <laughs> Our members sort of can understand Japanese, but React or some of this programming language and user stories and and some of this terminology, I'm I'm lost. It's like it's Greek to me. So um, so you have to rely on the team to be able to uh, execute on the vision that you have created and that and with your firm sort of belief and and, and about what's possible. And were were there any any doubts along the way, either in terms of of doubts from yourself that you know, we've we've bitten off more than we can chew here? This is going to be too difficult, or any any particular doubters from the industry? Uh, as we know, some there there are some voices who who say you know let's take a more traditional view or a less progressive view. Did did you ever any face any either internal or external barriers like that? Absolutely. I mean, I remember I remember we were launching in the UK and we uh, we were walking to the event uh, in Manchester and so we when I say event you know we <laughs> we had 13 people at the event you know it was a lucky lucky number 13 and 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 I said to Vivas we were walking along there dragging our banner banner stand and a whole lot of um, paper copies of workbooks and all the things that we don't do now because it's all online and I said to Viv you know I've got a real imposter syndrome moment here we're going to get people to go as a full day workshop. We're going to last till morning tea and everyone's going to come out at morning tea and not come back because they're going to go, oh, this, oh, oh, is that what the gap is? Oh, no, no, we've got this product over here that's 10 times better. We'll, we'll, we'll see you later. And um, my wife Mia was with us as well and she was there at the morning tea. I was hiding because I was having this imposter syndrome moment. And she she said, Mark, Mark, they're, they're really excited. They've never seen anything like this. And so... All the time you have this doubt, you know, uh, that this imposter syndrome moment. So that that was sort of back in about 2016, I think it was, maybe 2017 in the UK. But there have been lots of times I, I've had, and I still do, I still do have doubts about the industry. Um, I do, There's it is aspirational for a lot of people. Many accountants are their own worst enemy, and I was like this. I was guilty of this as well. They have way too many clients. I used to accept clients. My two client selection criteria were heartbeat and wallet. <laughs> and then some of my team said, oh, don't worry about, don't worry about heartbeat. We can do a state and trust work. So that, you know, they don't have to have a heartbeat. We can do that. And and then my my accounts person, my um business manager said, look, don't worry about a wallet. We've got so many bad debts as well. We no, we just take on everyone. <laughs> and so I see accountants who who are in, you know, of course, not as extreme as that, but that dopamine hit of taking on a new client. Mm. When I had an inquiry, you know, a, a phone message from a, an inbound potential client, they were they got the highest priority from me. Mm. And that was doing my existing clients a disservice. And so my doubt is at the moment that as an industry, the way we're wired, the way we want to serve as serve people, and we say yes to everyone. What we can say yes to, if we want to say yes to more advisory work, we have to say no to some clients. And that's the doubt that I have, is that as an industry, we won't move fast enough and won't generate and create the skill set within the team to do this in a leveraged way, and small and medium-sized businesses will miss out. And and I'm not a doomsday sayer. I I, I never I, I don't subscribe for a minute to the the idea that compliance will die. Compliance will get more automated. 
but there's always going to be the place for the advisor who understands tax, who understands the rules. The trades clients and the business clients, they don't want to know this stuff. They, they, they do not want to do this. Even if technology makes it easier, they're still going to want the support from the accountant. Mm. But the doubt that I have is that there won't be enough accountants who will create the time and the space to to really serve those clients well and be quite exclusive who they choose to work with and create some slack time if we um, think of the book Tom DeMarco's book called um, Slack mm. you know that where he talks about efficiency versus effectiveness and so we could be super efficient as accountants get the best technology and all that sort of thing and then either pass on those efficiency savings and reduce our fees and end up needing more clients to keep ourselves busy, or we could be more effective. And if we're more effective, that's going to be giving more services to clients that, that, that they really need to help to improve their profitability or their cash flow, reduce their tax bill, engage with them more. So to do that, we've got to create more space to be that be more effective. That's got nothing to do with efficiency. That's all about effectiveness. And my doubt is that I'm I'm worried that accountants won't create the time and space to do that for two reasons. One, if it's a little bit like me, they don't have the system to do it or they don't have the confidence to do it. They don't believe their clients will buy that from them. They've tried. They haven't got a system, so they've made you know spent too much time doing this and haven't given the value to the client and haven't made money themselves so they've backed off and gone back to what they're comfortable with that's my biggest fear is that the accounting industry won't move and won't shift enough or fast enough to be able to do this work sure and i've got mm. lots of other doubts we're still making mistakes all the time in the business and we've got some you know, great competitors doing some great things and that keeps us honest and Sometimes I worry that they're ahead of me and sometimes we're ahead of them. And that that gives you doubt all the time. We're, we're all human beings here. Uh, but mm. I, I do, the biggest worry I have is that as an industry, we won't move fast enough. I think that, that that's a really valid point as well, Mark. I mean, you speak to, to many accountants as, as I know we both do. And you say, how, how's business? And they kind of give you that thousand yard stare sometimes. And they just say, busy, busy. It's a busy, the, the traditional busy period seems to be for about 50 weeks a year now. And there's, my personal view is, I think there's there's a sad irony about it sometimes that, that accountants are seen by their clients as these, these business experts and then hopefully these, these trusted advisors. But they're not taking their own medicine sometimes, and it's it's quite easy to be objective when you're looking at um, at someone else's business. Um, but when we start to look at our own business, our own behaviours, our own beliefs, our own habits, then then the the waters can be a lot murkier. Um, so I think, as you say, that that insight and and maybe that that honesty as well is um is really powerful. I do want to mention one thing on on this Mark, before we we talk about the industry a bit more because I. Someone spoke to me the other day about how we how we could hold up a mirror to to both ourselves, our, our businesses, and our clients' businesses. I've heard that the Gap's got a really good tool uh, to to help uh, either Gap users or, or clients do that. The called the Value Gap Calculator, and and I've seen this myself. I think it's such a, a powerful way of of being able to have that advisory conversation 
with a client? I know we're clearly on a podcast here, not um, not doing a product demo, but but can you tell us a little bit about the the value gap calculator and, and how that helps? Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the value gap calculator sort of came about again as the, I guess years ago, I, you know, not wanting to be the leech, I learned some things around how do how do you if if you can have it on the back of your business card, how do you make more money? pay less tax and have a great lifestyle. You better have some tools about how to do that. So make more money was either improve profit or cash flow. And so for me in an annual accounts review meeting or a coaching meeting, I would look at annual data or 12 months worth of rolling data. I look at the profitability, I look at the balance sheet items. So I do some quick calculations of margin or or ROI or average hourly rates or fees per client or debtor days or, or payables days. And I would do those. That's the traditional sort of back of the envelope idea. And then I'd calculate if you could move that a little bit, what, what impact would that make? And that would open the client's eyes to, wow, wow, debtor days. Didn't even realize that my debtor days were sitting at 65 and my payment terms are seven days. No wonder I'm so stressed about cash flow. And so let's work together to reduce the debt day. So that was the beginning of the value gap calculator. Then I realized, same story as earlier on, that accountants are so busy and the younger ones coming through don't know these calculations kind of just, they don't have that instant recall or the top of the head to, to be able to work it out quickly. And wouldn't it be so, more, so much more powerful if you could do that with a tool and actually use a piece of technology to do that? Equally, from the client's perspective, my scratchings on an envelope were pretty unprofessional. Um, and so to be able to show them visually what that means and to give them a report at the end that says, well, let's, we're going to work on a project that's going to reduce your data days from 65 to 30 over the next couple of months. And that's worth $40,000 worth of cash to you. Or we're going to work on a pro, pro project that's going to lift your average uh, spend per client by by 10%, and we've got some tactics to do that. And so the client can immediately see the value, and that might be 30,000 more profit for the year. So the client sees the value, 30,000 profit, 20,000 cash. The accountant's positioned 500 bucks for an initial cash flow profit improvement meeting. Um, and the client's going, wow, 500 bucks for 50 grand return, I'm buying every day. So we've overcome this challenge that many accountants have that they can't sell um, or they, they can sell, but they, they want to serve and they forget to talk about the price. Mm -hmm. And then they do the work and then they think, oh, I can't possibly charge for this. And so they then write off some time or, or their team members work in this way. So mm. the value gap calculator is that tool to show what the value is and to be able to then position a project around achieving the potential value add in terms of improved cash flow, improved profitability, improved margin, improved um, ROI, improved business value ultimately as well. And so all it does is just shows how you can move some of those needles um, in the right direction and what the impact for the client will be. So it's just moving away from a back of the envelope style to get to use a piece of technology to do that. It means the team don't need to know the formulae. Uh, the tactics are all there um, within the system as well. So if you've identified you're going to reduce data days, we've got a tactics guide with about 40 or 50 
individual tactics that you can use to reduce cash flow, pre-work that you can send out to clients. So again, you just it's that whole systemized piece to leverage that opportunity to, to your clients. And I hope this isn't sounding like a, a product demo. That's I'm trying to explain if you are going to systemize and have, have your team do this in a leveraged way, that's the level of detail and support you need to give them, as well as guidance videos on how to use the, this tool. The mirror piece is that's great. Putting a mirror, showing, showing, having a look in the mirror yourself. The best thing to do would be to start by using this tool on your own accounting firm. Mm. And I understand, Freddie, you're doing this for the accounting firms as well. Going to see them or having an online meeting, plugging in a few of their numbers and showing what's possible and comparing that to what other accounting firms are doing. So that's the mirror on your own firm. And I'm a firm believer in, you know, we have a walk the talk. Uh, core value at the gap, which is practicing what we teach. So if the if our members are using this calculator on their own firm, then they can talk about what an impact it's made for them. And then they get confident in using the tool and they can use it with their clients as well. So it's that, that mirror is quite a, a relevant piece here. No, definitely. And so I love it because it's I one of our missions here is to is to save the accounting industry from from boring training and awkward sales tactics. And I think that the value gap calculator certainly does that because it's like having confidence in your back pocket. It's it helps you have those conversations with a client or even, as you say, looking looking at your own accounting firm. There's no no scripts no persuasion no awkward sleazy sales skills it's just saying let's look at the numbers here's a big number that we could either save you or make you would you like to go and get it yes or no and for for anyone even the person who is a a true sales phobe i think it makes it so easy to to have that. So, um, so yes, I think it is, it's a really powerful tool. Uh, and Mark, I know we're, we're coming to the end of, of the episode and time flies when, uh, when you're having fun, just a, a few, a few more questions for you. Firstly, um, in terms of the industry, now we, we've talked about the, the wider industry in the future, it will probably not be the world's biggest bombshell if I start talking about things like uh, like talent shortages and resourcing shortages and uh, maybe some worried glances looking at um, the number of, of, of graduates coming into the industry, what is your view in terms of how accounting firms can attract the right talent and then how we can really help almost set the accounting industry up for, for the next generation to succeed? Yeah, great question and 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 one that... Pretty difficult to answer in a minute or so, but um, <laughs> I'll try my best. I've just been doing some research, actually, and um, what's interesting to me is that the number of people that are qualifying is actually increasing. So the number of people who are qualifying as accountants is increasing. We have a talent shortage, but we've got a growing, growing profession. Mm. But what's interesting is that the growth, even if it's in the UK or New Zealand or Australia, it's coming from offshore-based accountants. So people that are getting a New Zealand or Australian or a UK qualification, but they're not based in those countries. Um, and mm. so that's a that's a real vote of confidence for me in offshoring and outsourcing. And I think that is a huge um, solution uh, for the accounting industry and for those people who are not looking at offshoring or outsourcing, outsourcing being you contract a, a, an offshore company to, to do the work. 
those people are not part of your team. Offshoring is where you have an offshore-based team member. Um, so it's slightly different model, pros and cons of both approaches. But th this is a growing industry. I fully support this concept because it creates capacity, it creates that slack time, creates the ability for the accounting industry to change and evolve and work in this new, more powerful way. So, so my, my vision for the accounting industry, and we're seeing it already, there are so many award-winning firms that are doing a very good job of this, where they've got one or two, off, one offshore provider, one outsource provider, maybe they've got an offshore VA or virtual assistant, or maybe they've got some offshore help with marketing, and they are moving up the value chain themselves in their own firm and offering higher value services off the back of their client engagement meetings that they're having, say, as part of onboarding or part of um, an annual accounts review meeting. And they're positioning the project or the value add opportunity of, of working more closely, more, more regularly with clients with real-time data, up-to-date information. Technology is going to make that piece even easier. And so they will really be like that virtual CFO uh, they'll be part of uh, an integral part of the team for small and medium-sized business owners who traditionally haven't been able to afford this service, um, and now they'll be able to get that. And so I'm really excited about that. Uh, the talent shortage, I think we've all got a job to do to train and develop our team, but let's train and develop them in a in a way that they're going to be interested. We, I think there was some more research, and I think if you Google the most boring jobs, um, I think accounting comes up as number four on the list um, at the moment. Hopefully, we can change that as well. Uh, people would rather be a cleaner than an accountant. So we've got the stigma with the industry, which we need to change because accounting is not boring. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone listening to this is absolutely fascinated by this, and, and they'll oh, probably even indeed. laugh at some of my jokes. You know, so. <laughs> We're the uh, world's most disruptive accounting podcast, Mark. It's a uh, it's a lot yeah, of right. <laughs> So I do I do think that we've got it. We've got a job to do to move up that value chain, to use offshoring and outsourcing, to embrace technology, to embrace change, to train the next generation of people in the advisory work because they're going to be more interested in doing that, and that's the future of the accounting industry. Mm. Perfect. Thank you, Mark. I couldn't have said that better myself. And I think with uh, with the likes of yourself and uh, and the Gap leading the charge, then uh, then the accounting industry is in safe hands. And I just have a, a couple of questions to finish off now. And the first one is is a short one, but maybe more of a, of a personal one. And that would be. What drives you? Because when you sold your your accounting practice, as you said, you could have taken a more traditional, dare I say, approach of yeah, some some directorships or time on a boat or time in a batch or how, however you want to, to spend your life. But you you chose to embrace this this change and this challenge and this desire to to create something new for, for the accounting world. And and so so what is it that you that that drove you then and, and that still drives you now? What drove me at the beginning when I was a 14-year-old was I wanted to make lots of money. Mm. Um, no, no doubt about that. When mm -hmm. I was in my 20s, um, raising a family, I had three children, had three under under two for a while there because I've got twins. 
it was about providing um, providing for my family and being there for them. So operating an accounting firm in little town Fokatani in New Zealand was perfect. That was a great a great business model to raise my family and give them a great lifestyle. Then when I sold that accounting firm, my children had left home. They were living overseas. And so I didn't have that need. And I don't have that need now. It's not about the money. It's not about providing for my family. But now what I would like to do is to help more accountants to achieve that same outcome. So that achieving time, financial and mind freedom, reduced stress, improved quality of life for their families. The, the accounting profession has been great for me, for my family. And I see many accountants not achieving that, working long hours, and I want to help more of them do that. But more importantly, that's always been a driver for me, even you know, way back you know, in the 90, late 1990s, Young Accountant of the Year Awards, I was talking about the, the need for support for small business. This has been a real driver for me. My parents had um, small businesses. A lot of my my 22 year old son is running a small business. The support and the challenges around that account. I want accountants to be helping small business because I see and I saw this during COVID. I saw too many small business owners, friends of ours, were ringing me up saying, "I haven't heard from my accountant. I'm not getting the support. I feel I don't feel supported. Where do I do? What do I do? Where do I go for help?" And that's what drives me now is that I firmly believe that the accountant is so integral in helping small business owners achieve those three freedoms, time, financial, and mind freedom. And the more clients that you help to achieve that, the more likely it is that you'll achieve that for yourselves as well. And that means you'll be great mothers or fathers or or uh, you know great siblings or family communities um, providers, that sort of thing. And, and that's all good. So maybe that's all a bit waffly, but um, is that what drives me? I, th I th it's about empowering more people to be the best version of themselves they can be. Thank you, Mark. I love that. And what a, what a wonderful and powerful way to uh, to end this episode. Um, except we do have a tradition here on Make It Count, and and that is the final secret question. Uh, and this is where guests tend to get worried because the tradition here is that the previous guest gets to ask a question of the next guest. So uh, so we have the secret question for you here, um, which is an interesting one. We've, uh, we've maybe touched on it slightly, but the, the final question for you, Mark, is what do you think is holding accountants back from fulfilling their... For, I'll try that again. What do you think is holding accountants back from fulfilling their potential and how do they overcome it? Yeah, that's a tricky question because it's different for many different people. But the most common thing that's holding people back, I believe, is that change is not easy. And the more years you've been doing what you've been doing, the better at that you get, the more confident you are with that, and the less likely you are to try something new. And so if we stretch and go outside of our comfort zone and make a mistake, the risk is that we revert back to type and we go back to what we're confident in doing. I want people to be comfortable to go outside of their comfort zone, to stretch a little bit, to try something new. And sure, it won't be the best experience for your client, but if you don't try, you'll never get any better. And, that's, and the longer you keep doing what you've always done, 
the less likely it is you're going to feel confident to do something new. So I think generally speaking, that's what's holding people back. Now we get all the other excuses, what's holding them back. No time, no capacity, haven't got the right team members. Actually, it's all there for you to be able to make the stretch, to make the change if you want to. And I think it's just a confidence thing. Uh, and hey, let's let's try, let's get some support, let's let's help help accountants to make that stretch that they that they can. Perfect. I love that. No, that's brilliant. Thank you, Mark. So uh, if people want to, to, to get in touch with yourself, if they want to find out more about the gap, if they want to potentially experience that that value gap calculator that we talked about, um, where do they go? How do they get in touch? Yeah, so just if you just Google the gap 2014 limited or um, the gap portal.com or the gap hq.com uh, or one word. Any of those handles are going to get uh, URLs are going to get you to um, to the gap, um, or um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Mark Jenkins. Um, it's you should be able to put Mark Jenkins the gap or something like that in there. You should get me on on LinkedIn. But um, yeah, lots of lots of ways to get hold of us. Definitely, and I'll put all those links in the uh, in the show notes so people can just click on this episode, follow the links, and they will find you and find the gap. Mark, thank you so much for being part of today's episode. It's been a pleasure to, to speak more about your journey and the gap. And as I say, we're going to have Viv on in a future episode, but uh, but thank you for being part of Making It Count. Oh, you're welcome. And thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciated it too. Thank you so much for listening. I hope today's episode informed, educated, motivated, and inspired you to make it count for your clients and your business. Make sure you check out the show notes of this episode for the all important links. Please hit subscribe, share it with the world, and don't forget to give us a five-star review. We love getting feedback on this show, and I'd love to hear which part resonated with you the most. Remember, you have got the skills, talent, expertise, and experience to make a huge difference in the lives and businesses of your clients. The days of the bean counter are over. It's time to make it count. I'll see you on the other side. <laughs>